Nerd or not, you are legally required to subscribe and share the following podcast. Don't blame us. You're the one who signed that user agreement without reading it first. Dumbass. Your, your, your Middle Eastern dude is turning Irish, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly segueing into a mix well, there. Amazing fucking big order then. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> the uh, stereotype I was always born to be. I don't have to fucking tell you nothing. <laughs> this is the show right here. All, all this. this. <laughs> Hello, Cretans, and welcome back to episode 21 of the Nerd or Not podcast. We give our opinions on a wide range of topics. Everything and everything under the sun. Uh, basically, we are talking about nerd stuff. Stuff that you like, stuff that I like. I am Jay. We are the Cretans Guild, and I am joined with Bob and Corey today. Hello. And we are going to kick things off. Hi. With Wonder Woman. Uh, now, guys, have you seen the movie yet? Not yet. It's very soon. Very soon. Today, today was going to be the day, and then stuff happened. Sure. Sure. Yes. Understood. So uh, I have seen it. I saw it on opening day. Uh, I was part of that. Uh, I added my dollars to be the uh, film, that, or to be one of the people that helped the, the film become one of the first or the first to break $100 million by a, fe by a female director. Correct, Bob? That is the, uh, the first movie, yeah, directed by a woman. To break a hundred million in its opening weekend, yes. Very okay, so that's awesome. Uh, it is spectacular. I loved the entire film, uh, top to bottom, soup to nuts. I thought it was great. Uh, Gal Gadot is a marvelous Diana Prince. Um, Themyscira is great. The Amazons are wonderful. Uh, as is the case with ninety nine percent of of superhero movies, villains a little weak. Um, uh, well, it's but, Aries too, wasn't it? Yeah, Aries. Yeah. Uh, but it's it. Villain's a little weak, not bad, just a little weak, kind of like, eh, eh all right. Ooh, question um, though, which I don't, because I haven't seen it, uh, which areas did they go with? I feel that's not a spoiler. Did the they Greek go with one? It? No, I mean, eh, God damn it. No, okay, uh, classic helmet on the head Aries or the uh, the uh, um, the corporate Aries from the Azarello run? It was the, uh, the um, uh, helmet on the head uh, George Perez design. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The uh, the film is beautifully shot. Patty Jenkins, man, I wish she had gotten Thor. <laughs> uh, let's put it that way, because she yeah. she destroyed this film top to bottom. This this was me going. That is what the DC universe is needed. Um, it's bookended really well. Uh, it being a period piece works. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a fantastic Diana. I think I already said that. I'm pretty sure I already said that. Uh, Chris Pine is a marvelous Steve Trevor. Uh, it's funny. It's warm. It's mm -hmm. hopeful. It's it's just great. I love it. Good. Um, I strongly suggest people go to see it. It's, it was the uh, uh, it was the uh, strong shot of inverted tropes that the uh, DC Comics movie universe was desperately needing by this point. Okay. Very much so. Good. Um, it was. Uh, it's something that was the DCU's uh, kind of first salvo into a shared universe with someone like uh, Jeff Johns at the helm, kind of like Kevin Feige is over at Marvel. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a good opening gambit. That was a excellent question fielded by Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's my thoughts on Wonder Woman. I'm trying to keep it as spoiler free as possible, just because I don't want you guys to to, to have the film ruined for you. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some some really really wonderful moments in it. Um, wonderful. Uh, yeah, ah. seriously. And there, there are. <laughs> uh, I I punned and didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Um, no speed bumps. And, the uh, the the supporting cast is fantastic. Like the there there are minor characters that are in there that are just really awesome. There's uh, one character in particular 
uh, who is uh, a Native American character, and this isn't a spoiler about his who he is or anything like that, mm -hmm. but uh, when he was cast, um, Patty Jenkins had him or, or let him you know, use his own culture to create his costume and everything like that, as opposed to just the costume director saying, here, you're going to wear this. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. he, he was able to go back to the Blackfoot Indian tribe mm -hmm. in Alberta yeah. and research uh, people that are re research uh, uh, natives that had fought in World War One mm -hmm. and base his character around them and what they wore and stuff like that. So, oh, it's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty fucking awesome. Like it's, it is diversity done right. Now, mm -hmm. Do we know what his heritage is? His, the actor? Uh, I believe he's Blackfoot. I, I don't think the character was, but uh, his his heritage is Blackfoot. But this, this um, takes a, a bit of inspiration from the um, the story of the... Oh God, I'm going to get this wrong, and I just know it. Uh, the Wind Talker. Um, no, uh, I think you're right. The, it was the Wind Talkers? But I think that was World War II. That was two. Okay, yeah. see, I, I knew I was going to get that shit wrong. All right. But yeah, he's he's in there. He plays, uh, you know, when he's first introduced, he plays a, he plays kind of an archetype. You're like, oh, great, okay, well, all right, wonderful. But it's uh, when when he actually kind of gets to deliver lines, and you realize, you know, what what his entire basis is, and mm -hmm. and that he's not he's not a stereotype. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, it, you know, there's there's definitely there's some stuff where it's like, oh, look, like he's using smoke signals. Okay, but um, <laughs> the the stuff is done logically and not just be like, you know, you know, me heap them big, you know, anything like that. It's, it's, it's really good. So let's, let's move on to the, the, the big event going on right now. Uh, E3, uh, the electronics, uh, entertainment expo mm -hmm. held annually in Los Angeles every year uh, is the big video game convention, big video game trade show. Uh, and, uh, it's happening right now and there has been some big shit dropped. We yeah. should all probably grab one or two things um, to talk about, but I want to get uh, one of the big ones out of the way first because I think uh -huh. we can all kind of input on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the only one that's actually kind of been like a solid announcement from any of the three major publishers, and that's the Xbox One X. Um, that is going to be a $500 console. Uh, it's going to play games in true 4K. It's got a crazy processor on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, the games look gorgeous. Uh, it's not really for me because they don't have any games I'm interested in that I can't play on my PS4, um, right. with the exception of Age or uh, what is it, Sea of Thieves. Uh, maybe Sea of Thieves, but then again, that's supposed to be a cross-platform release for Windows. Yeah, so I, it's again, I don't need the Xbox One for it, but mm -hmm. you know, just from a technical spec side, that's a hell of a console. Yeah, like there's there's a lot happening there, but it's a down payment on a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. it's it's definitely cost prohibitive and I don't and this this just might be my personal opinion. I don't think Microsoft did a good job selling it to people that weren't at the show. Uh-huh. Like you know the people that are at a, at a press conference at E3, you're they're going to buy the system no matter what. Those are the guys that are hardcore, they're going to purchase. Exactly. Yeah. So they they know everything that's going on. All they want to hear about is how pretty it's going to be and how things are going to look in 4K. And that's great. That's a wonderful selling point. Yeah, I think though, when you're doing a press conference that is streamed globally, you mention 4K once, and you start talking about the other aspects of the console as well, and kind of build up like, here's what the processing power does. Here's what it equals. Uh -huh. Because I swear to God, I heard it plays in true 4K 35 or 40 times during the hour and a half press conference. You turn it into and a drinking game. 
Well, by the end of it, I'm going, well, I don't have a 4K TV. Why am I spending $500 <laughs> on this? It's going to look like shit on my television. Yeah. You know, and they didn't mention once that it does downscaling, so it's going to look fine on a 1080p TV. Like all this other stuff that that it does, mm -hmm. they never mentioned. Yeah, I mean, like, look, a 4K TV sounds great, like mm -hmm. in theory, but yeah, I'm not spending $2,700 on a fucking television. You know, like yeah. I look at a, a good 4K TV in a size I want because I'm not going to buy a 20 inch 4K TV. You know, it's if I'm buying one, I'm getting a 60 inch to put downstairs on the wall. But yeah, but it's yeah, going to cover the whole other side of the living room if I'm going to be investing in that sort of tech. Exactly. Between that and yeah. between that and the Xbox, though, I'm 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 tossing out three grand, and mm -hmm. that's before I buy a game. You, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, that's pretty much that's asking a lot, a lot. And you know, it'd be pretty fucked up about this situation too. Is if it was like me with my PS4, I, I go ahead and buy the console, and yet every game that I've played on it so far is a remake <laughs> of a sixth gen game. <laughs> so, <laughs> like literally, literally, the first game I bought for my PS4 to be played on this like fancy ass big balls TV on this fancy ass big balls console is fucking Dead Rising One. The first <laughs> and the next game I get after that was made for the Vita. And upscaled for the PS4. It's like uh, good game though. Reasons. Gravity Rush is really good. Oh, yeah, it was it was super solid. I tell you what though, that that the end game bits become in fucking infuriating because of the control scheme. Just just imagine it on the Vita. So talk, talking about uh, one other thing from E3, talking about stuff that is uh, a remake from an older console. Uh, mm -hmm. First thing I want to talk about is Shadow of the Colossus getting a major remake for the PS4. Ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It Thanks, looks guys. it looks really nice. <laughs> It does, but I'm sitting here with like a copy of it for the PS2, a copy of the uh, Eco Shadow of the Colossus combo for the PS3, which I ain't even cracked open yet. And I'm like, you know, that's going to be the next thing I'm going to play. It's going to be that because I never finished it. I barely started it. And then they announced it for the PS4, which I mean, I guess. Yeah. OK. All right. I'm probably going to buy it anyway. So fuck it. Right, Bob, what was what was something you want to talk about from E3? Uh, personally, what I am looking forward to, and I've been looking forward to since a trailer was announced. God, I don't even remember how it's been a long time, but God of War four. I, I love the God of War series. And now that it's moving from ancient Greece to Viking era. Oh God. Is uh, isn't there a mandate, uh, in place that whenever you talk about God of War, you have to do so in a really gritty brooding voice. Yeah, but the last time I did that, I sound like Terry Funk, so I'm not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know the good thing about Kratos. <laughs> now listen, Kratos. You see, I can't do it if I'm not sick. It's not. It's <laughs> uh, now, Mr. Nook, there was no announcements about anything from any of your games today. Um, certainly not, and uh, that's probably because. Uh, we are looking to take over the uh, smartphone space by storm. Sure. Uh, pretty shortly, I'm thinking. Sure. That makes sense. One bell at yeah. a time. You know, one bell at a time. Yeah. People are, I mean, would this not be the face of microtransactions right here if he ran his own <laughs> 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 uh, Yes. The phone is where we're headed. That, that will be seven nick, uh, nook bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Get um, your bells ready, people. <laughs> so other other stuff from Nintendo, we had the announcement of the, the Breath of the Wild DLC, which is cool. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. No real information on the second one. The first one looks like it's New Game Plus with some extra armor, which is awesome. Uh, okay. One of the pieces of armor is the Tingle costume, which kind of... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Although Bob, did you see? Because you you have played it, Bob. Did you see the uh, uh, the Korok Leaf mask that they're putting in? I did. Uh, I saw that. There's also going to be Majora's Mask, which yes, there is. I'm very happy about. <laughs> and I have I have theories. I, I know they probably have their own direction that they're going to go with this, but I I have theories that what its uh, what its abilities can do. I did go ahead and I put twenty bucks down for the DLC, and then it gives you like a little like here are three extra chests in somewhere in the game. Go find them. <laughs> but then that'll allow me to get the uh, the summer DLC and. The winter DLC, I believe. Yeah, there's there's going to be summer DLC, and then there's going to be a uh, holiday DLC as well, hmm. um, which has something to do with the four uh, champions, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they're all, of course, because it's Nintendo, they're all getting an amiibo. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, we're getting a couple new Fire Emblem amiibo. Uh, I don't remember who, because I don't know enough about the history of Fire Emblem. Uh, but they, it works with Fire Emblem Heroes. But then we get to probably the biggest thing that Nintendo has to say. Hmm. Um, and two brand new Metroid titles are getting released. Ah! Mr. Nook, I think you stepped on your balls. Ah! Uh, <laughs> uh, we are getting Metroid Prime 4 and... That's a heart attack. Uh, Metroid, Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. So they, they had... Uh, the only thing we know about Metroid Prime 4 is that it exists, because all we got was a title card. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't get any gameplay footage or anything like that, but who cares? It's probably two years away at this point. Okay, I was um, just about to ask, was there even a date? No, no date yet, uh, but it's probably a couple years out. Uh, but we did get to see uh, a trailer and gameplay footage of Return of Samus, um, which looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous how nice that looks. Like they, they took an old Game Boy game, which was fun and good, mm -hmm. uh, and just in every way, shape, and form improved on it. Um, obviously graphically it's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there, there's things now, like one of the things that they added was, uh, for side scrolling Metroid for the first time is that, sh uh, Samus now has full 360 degree aiming. Well, there's uh, a thing. Yeah. Rather than just the, <laughs> the, the 90 degree or 45 degree aim. Yeah. Uh, there's new power ups, there's new weapons, there's new armors, you know, all kinds of stuff. And of course, with that, there's also going to be Amiibo, uh, mm -hmm. Samus and a Metroid 2 pack. Squishy Metroid. Yeah, Squishy Metroid. I want him. <laughs> put, put, put my pre-order in on it today. <laughs> um, and I guess there's one other thing that Nintendo did that's pretty big. Uh, and they announced a core Pokemon RPG for the Switch. Um, that's huge fucking news. That's massive news, because they've yeah. never done that for a home console. Mm -hmm. Um so, I love the announcement for it. It was just a guy sitting at his desk, looked like he was like drawing something. It's like, yes, we have a uh, uh, Pokemon game coming for the Switch. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't see you there. Hi. But I can't really think of anything else big that came out of E3 yet. Um, okay. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2? Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> This, it, there's there's this there's this very very uh, little known game uh, that came out a long time ago. You may have heard of it. I was into it before it was cool. By the way, stroking that beard, fixing my wayfarers. Um, yeah, Beyond Good and Evil Two, my lady. <laughs> um, and I'm having I had mixed uh, mixed emotions upon seeing the the first trailer. Um, I think your post on Coin Explosion about it was perfect. <laughs> 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 Beyond Good and Evil Thank 2 you. is here, and like any 17-year-old, it cusses way too fucking much. That was one of the best things about that game, especially 
being published in the time it was. Like a lot of the video game cynics in the, at that time were like, okay, this game failed because it wasn't grimdark enough, and that's what was getting the dollars because it was all core players at that point. And for us, that for the people that did play it, I think it was like actually, yeah, you were the person that showed it to me, and I was like, I gotta get up in that. People are straight up cussing and shit. I mean, got no problem with that for myself right here, but <laughs> playing the original Beyond Good and Evil was an opportunity for me to step outside of that shit. I mean, I don't have to be like this all the time, or at least have my brain in that coarse space all the time. And just to hear that pig going, fucking, fuckity, fucking, fuck, while all this, all this huge, spectacular violence is going on around them is like, uh, that's not why I showed up to the show in the first place. Granted, it's a trailer. No gameplay footage was shown. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably but, still a couple years away as well. All right, so that's uh, that's pretty much E3 so far, at least for the stuff that's kind of like stuck out to us on the top of our heads. You know, hit us up on... Mental things. Yeah, hit us up on social media. Let us know if there's anything else that you think was yeah. a big announcement that we are missing. I'm sure someone's going to say something about Call of Duty whatever it got announced three weeks before e3 so it doesn't count mm -hmm. yeah um we're not going to talk about fifa uh it's <laughs> <laughs> deal oh, bethesda hates their fans oh man the paid but paid the mods uh so we're gonna hop onto the meat and potatoes of the episode and that mm -hmm. is going to be talking about the action movie playoffs which uh first guys yeah. i apologize for not being a part of things last week uh work sucks um but i am here this week and this week uh as you guys know uh, we're continuing to take your input on your favorite action movies. Mm -hmm. uh, we want your lists. Put as many as you want in a spreadsheet on Notepad. And, uh, you know, attach it to a pigeon and throw it at us. Email your list to cretinskilled at gmail.com. Use hashtag nerd or not or any social media. Post it on our Facebook wall. Add us on Twitter. There's something on Instagram. You know, the more movies we get, the better. The more information we have from you, the better off we are. Uh, each movie is going to be seated according to their popularity, uh, and we do have a running total uh, or tally going right now of, of popularity. Uh, in one of four brackets of eight movies each, head-to-head, -head, you're going to vote on who gets eliminated. We're going to talk about what we think and uh, why you guys voted the way you did, uh, and then we're going to determine the greatest action movie of all time. Uh, but today, today we're going to make our case for some things that maybe are a little more under, unappreciated uh, or underappreciated, which is probably more the case. Um, and in my case, uh, Bob Bob had this great idea of like let's let's think of a lesser known uh, action movie, and I was just drawing a blank. Uh, <laughs> so so Bob had the very good idea to take a look at what you guys have voted on so far, uh, and come up with something that I feel is underappreciated. Uh, and I was shocked to find that one a whopping one of you has voted for the 2014 film Kingsman The Secret Service. Seriously, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Yeah, you tell them, Tom Nook. You're diseased. Uh, <laughs> so this is a movie written and directed by Matthew Vaughn uh, based on the... Taking uh, all of your houses away. <laughs> Nook, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a... Uh, Kingsman was a Mark Millar? It was a Mark Millar. It was part of the uh, Millarverse. Uh, okay, part, part of the Millarverse. Yeah. Okay. So it was originally a graphic novel from uh, Mark Millar or a miniseries from Mark Millar that, that is a collected edition. Mm -hmm. uh, stars Colin Firth, Samuel L. Jackson, Mark Strong, and Michael Caine. Um, Fucking that cast, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, and that's that's before I even get to the lead, who's, I think, uh, Taron Egerton or something like that. I don't even know what the hell mm -hmm. his name is. Yeah. Uh, who, who is just oozes charisma. The kid's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, 
if you like Snatch, <laughs> what? You guys are filthy. If you like, if you like the film Snatch, and you like spy movies, this is a spy movie set to the pace and cadence of Snatch. Uh, you takes, did that on purpose. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so it takes place in England. Uh, it's about a chav kid named Eggsy who uh, gets recruited after his father dies uh, into a secret society of spies. Uh, think of it as the elite of MI6, the best of the best with honors, sir. Mm -hmm. um, they are the ultimate secret service, the ultimate secret agents of Britain. Did pretty well in theaters. It's getting a sequel this year. Um, but none of you voted for it. Like, I think I might be the one who voted for it in this list. Like, it's... <laughs> no, I... I I can't exactly tell you who, but I do remember that was a fan. Uh, that was a fan entry. Vote. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for me, it's 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 a go-to movie because it, it can do one of two things. I can stick it on as just mindless prattle in the background that I can look up and take a look at as I'm working, just to you know get my mind out of uh, you know something's breaking. Oh God, everyone's dying. Um, or something I can sit down with a bucket of popcorn, a gigantic soda, and just enjoy the hell out of. Yeah. In, in, in either um, case, your eyeballs are going to be glued to that one scene, though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> one scene in particular, which I found out before the show was rolling, Bob hasn't seen the movie yet. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, so uh, all I'm going to say is the church scene mm -hmm. uh, is kind of one of the greatest action scenes I've ever seen in any film ever. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the film is just set dressing for that, including the, the closing sequence, which is like a 25-minute fight uh as, as it's just it's wonderful but it was it's absolutely wonderful it was also fantastic that's the that's the the jellyfish scene is basically what you're yes even though it's not really yeah. jellyfish yep yeah <laughs> uh top to bottom one of my one of my favorite action movies so mm -hmm. you, you people need to vote for it more because if it doesn't make the playoffs i'm really going to be uh, you guys are going to get a strongly worded letter from my attorney <laughs> so now bob you you've got one on here yes and what, what is your film? I have uh, this movie in particular, Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this movie is uh, it's popular with us. I don't know if it is with the rest of the... Uh, well, it wasn't when it came out in theaters. It was a pretty like horrendous bomb, wasn't it? Yeah, it cost yeah. Uh, somewhere around $67 million and it brought in eighteen. Uh -huh. It was... Uh, now, it, it, it's, well, go ahead. It was it was arguably the movie that kind of put uh, Walter's career at a sudden stop. Yeah, 1996 yeah. movie uh, directed by Walter Hill, uh, starring Bruce Willis, Christopher Walken, and Bruce Stern. Right off the bat, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But it, it's kind of like a remake of uh, is it Yojimbo, Yojimbo, Yo, uh, yo Japanese Yojimbo, yo or A Fistful of Dollars, or if yeah. you're uh, big into uh, classic crime literature, probably the most uh, literal adaptation of Red Harvest that the movie industry has put out so far. Well, uh, Fistful of Dollars, it's kind of like that, but actually Last Man Standing is actually closer uh, than Fistful of Dollars. But it, either way, uh, it, it, mm -hmm, yeah. the plot itself is kind of... I don't know if it's lazy or just batshit insane, because it, it, it takes place in a small town in Texas... Uh, that has these two rival gangs from up north controlling the town of, of the booze inf influence from Mexico mm -hmm. in 1930s. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was supposed to be something that was associated with uh, 
uh, post uh, prohibition um, uh, bootlegging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, but basically, it's it's like an excellent movie where you just shut off the left half of your brain and it's like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy this. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, it, if you haven't seen it, which I know you guys have, and I'm not really spoiling anything, uh, it's about this character, John Smith. He heads in. He's going towards Mexico. Stops in this town. One of the gangs, uh, the one of the two gangs, wrecks his car. He gets out and he shoots one of the gang's higher guys full lead, like kills him instantly. The other gang comes over, they hire him. He starts, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you see, you're a real going. go getter. Yeah, come come on over and join Charlie. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the other gang hires him. He starts working for them, does a bootlegging job, and then he decides to quit them and go to the other gang where he originally killed one of their guys and they're like yeah come on in sure uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the movie doesn't make any sense they find yeah. out he's double dealing they beat him up they uh, he ends up killing both gangs in the long run he's the only guy left standing haha <laughs> last man standing right and he, he leaves gave it uh, all away the title yeah, was like, i know <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny as hell? The end of the movie. Pfft, I'm not standing anymore. <laughs> that probably would have been more creative. Uh, but it has created a form of video game play between Corey and I. And I think, Jay, you were with us. But there was a game called uh, House of the Dead. Where at the arcade version is you have these two pistols you can use. One player and two player. Well, we would go ahead and we'd buy both one and two player hold both pistols and just start shooting like crazy, trying to get as many points as we can. So we yeah. call it the John Smith style. Nice. Yeah. And it's yeah. essentially guns akimbo, but we would spend 200% uh, more dollars on it in order to play <laughs> in that style than anybody who was, you know, sane. Uh, <laughs> so what about you, Corey? What's, what's your movie? Fucking shit. Uh, I, I don't know. This has been like a moral quandary for me for like the last... <laughs> day since i've seen the question and there are a lot that you can come up with that are either you feel are underappreciated or you feel don't have a strong enough cult presence which is kind of a cheap out um and there was one of course that i wanted to talk about because we can't we can't figure out what category to fit it in, fit into all of it and um i we were talking about these before we started podcasting i'm gonna throw a fucking blind and surprise y'all with a fourth one that i just came up with um shoot 'em up Good choice. Shoot 'em up gets no fucking play in any cult uh, film appreciator camp or uh, or action movie um, uh, action movie like uh, addict uh, a body that you can think of. And it was a stupid movie. I mean, this was <laughs> this was stupid for two thousand eight. But what it did and how self aware it was was I think something that like a lot of really creative action movies, which this movie was, by the way, don't take that away from it just because it's dumb. But a lot of creative action movies uh, can't seem to like a, like a, uh, uh, do for themselves, you know? And uh, the reason that I bring this up right now is because there are, there's, a, there's a, a couple of movies out right now that have like a huge following um, since the uh, first one came out in 2014, I think it was 2014, uh, called John Wick, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of that. And that is also a very innovative shoot 'em up style movie. But it is so far up its own asshole that sometimes you can't like, <laughs> I mean, to its own benefit too. Like it has been said before, a lot of the background characters you feel are actually not just set dressing. They were stories that were uh, interrupted prematurely. And that's what one of those, that's one of those things that movie does, that does really well. But 
the same people that like get into this movie, I feel that if they ever saw shoot them, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Why does Clive Owen keep eating carrots? Like he's bugs fucking bunny. That's the point. <laughs> that was the point. That was <laughs> a lot of people didn't pick up on this, but I remember reading run one review, like written maybe three years later. Um, when I was going through a, why don't you guys like the same shit I like phase? And um, he was writing about how it was like a retelling of like, tr like a classic Chuck Jones cartoon where Paul Giamatti is Elmer Fudd and Clive Owen is Bugs Bunny, essentially. Except huh. Bugs Bunny in this scenario is really murderous. And that, that, was, that was the framing of it. And I was like, holy shit. That dude is so completely not wrong. <laughs> this is a modern day Warner Brothers cartoon given a big budget and shot in live action. I had a feeling what kind of movie that was going to be when I realized they animated the uh, the storyboards for the lovemaking slash shooting scene in the hotel room. <laughs> that scene was so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember. I think God, I think you guys went to see that film together, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I remember you guys coming home and just kind of like sitting down and being like, "Okay, this scene." <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 trying to describe it and just like at the end of it you both just go it was so fucking stupid <laughs> and so great it was but it was, was it like a, a combination of uh surprise and shame on our faces at the same it, time it was like be it, it was a combination of bewilderment mm -hmm. shame and pure enjoyment yeah, like it was because it's. It, I've I've since seen it, and I, uh -huh. I just I actually just saw it a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was the same face I had. Kind of, huh? Should I like this? I, I mean feel like I shouldn't like this, but I really like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. So that's going to take us into our next segment, a brand new one. Um, I don't know how often this is going to happen, but I hope it happens pretty pretty frequently because hmm. uh, the guy behind it is wonderful. One of uh, a guy I've been friends with now for, Jesus, 15 years. Uh, our friend Todd, who is the boss monster over at Gods and Monsters Comics. Yeah. In uh, stores about to celebrate their second anniversary. Uh, and Bob did the legwork and went, and went and asked Todd his take on action movies. And which one stands out at his favorite of all time. So we're going to throw it over to Todd now. Hi, Cretans. Todd here from Gods and Monsters. Uh, having been posed the question... What is my favorite action movie of all time? And that, that's always an easy one for me. Uh, the original Die Hard with Bruce Willis, I, and it probably comes up a lot in conversation, but, but Bruce Willis defined the action role for me as John McClane in the original uh, 86, 87 uh, Die Hard, the original. Um, he's, uh, he personifies the everyman, you know, he's... he's uh, it's it's not even it's not even really an action movie. It's a it's a movie about divorce. It's a movie like he's going through a divorce. He, he's he's trying to fix things with his wife, and there just happen to be terrorists everywhere. And Alan Rickman, oh my God, he's amazing as Hans Gruber. Um, Die Hard is my go-to. I can watch it anytime, any place. If I catch it, even an edited version, which I hate, even an edited version, I'll sit around and be like, all right, I guess Die Hard's on. So I've I I just have such a special place in in. Uh, my, in my heart for that uh, film. Um, if I had to go honorable mention, um, you're talking Mad Max, man. The, the Mad Max movies, Thunderdome. Uh, as you can see, we are currently at Gods and Monsters uh, featuring a, a wide array of new uh, Mad Max uh, <laughs> theming. 
for the uh, impending opening of Vault 5421, our new Mad Max-themed uh, post-apocalyptic bar and lounge. Uh, if you want, you can pan around and get a quick look at how we're dirtying up the space. We've got all kinds of gnarly stuff coming. Uh, this one, this uh, sign over here is pretty rad, the uh, radioactive sign over there. But, uh, but yeah, my theming guys are hard at work uh, making this place as, uh, as uh, gnarly as they can make it uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the time between now and when we open on June 15th. So, um, so yeah, just, um, I guess, yeah, Die Hard, man. Die Hard. Die Hard's the easy answer, though. I know everybody's probably uh, uh, going Die Hard, but, uh, but that's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Thanks, Greetings. See you next time. Thank you, Todd, for your insight. Uh, hope to hear more from you over time. Uh, Gods and Monsters is located at 40, uh, 5421 International Drive with their anniversary coming up, as Todd mentioned. They're also going to be opening up a post-apocalyptic themed bar, mm -hmm. Vault 5421, this week. So be sure to check them out. Uh, there's face Facebook links in the description below, uh, as well as uh, their website. And they're all over social media. They're wonderful. Uh, they are a great organization run by great people and huge uh, in Brazil from what I hear yeah, and phenomenally huge in Brazil yep. uh, Viva La Todd uh, and just, uh, that, That's a, a long-running joke that if you ever go to God's Monsters ask Todd about his Brazilian fan base It's it's comical yes. and it's funny because the the, the plaza they just recently moved to there's Brazilian yeah. stores that's, everywhere that, that's yeah <laughs> Yeah yeah, there, there, there was a, a long-running joke at the the, the store that uh, Todd and I used to work at, which shall forever remain unnamed. Um, <laughs> that uh, he he was filmed at one point by a Brazilian tour company uh, as an attraction for Orlando at this store. Uh, so this was on the same episode as shit like SeaWorld, Universal, and Disney was the store we worked at, and uh, people would come in. Uh, and, and I can attest to this because I saw it some seven years after the video was filmed. You are the Todd. <laughs> so we, we, we had we had you know we had this image in our head that there's these this graffiti in Brazil of like revolutionary Todd, you know, Viva La Todd, uh, just on the side like, of buildings. Like Guerrero. Yeah, exactly. We're like the um the Shepherd Fairy Obama change poster, but it's Todd's face has <laughs> comics underneath it. It just says bye. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, uh, Todd is Todd is one of my favorite people. He is he is like blood to me. So if you guys are in Orlando, uh, be sure to get to God's Monsters. Uh, stop in. Tell him Jay. Tell him Bob. Tell him Corey. Tell him the Cretans Guild sent you. Uh, and he'll probably go who? But that's okay. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. because it's Todd, and Todd's funny. Uh, normally here, guys, we talk about uh, what we're doing. <laughs> Usually, it's it's me involved saying I'm watching Star Trek because that's all I've been doing lately. Uh, but right now, we I already. Goddamn thing! Shut up, Tom Nook. Uh, we already talked about what we're doing. We're all really wrapped up with E3. It's pretty much what we've been doing between that and the action movie playoffs and just normal life stuff. Um, but we're gonna throw it to the next episode. Next episode, I have I have set these guys at the task. They need to go see Wonder Woman by the next time. Wonder Woman, not Wonder Herman. Wonder Woman by the next time we record. <laughs> Who's uh, Wonder Herman? I don't I don't know this movie. Wonder Herman. <laughs> uh, because our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> our next episode, our main topic is going to be talking about our favorite female action heroes and our favorite female-led action movies. Mm -hmm. So, kind of, kind of space that out a little bit. We're going to talk. Our love of women is basically what we're going to talk about, but not in a creepy way. Uh, so, be sure to subscribe and or like. 
and comment. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you guys think. Find us on every form of social media there is. Bob, I think you've got a Snapchat now where you post racy pictures of uh, of what uh, we're doing. Well, you weren't supposed to find that one. My bad. Uh, just search for Cretans Guild, either with or without spaces, and use the links below in the description if you just want to link directly to it. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. Thank you all so much for the feedback so far on the Action Movie Playoffs. It has been awesome. Uh, I'm still very disappointed in each of you for not voting more for Kingsman the Secret Service. Um, <laughs> but that's it for me. I am Jay. Uh, we've got Bob and Corey. And until next time, uh, stop touching yourself inappropriately. Tee <laughs>